It says, whoa. Look at that. All the people online have no idea what I've been saying. <laughs> Should be here. Uh, happy New Year. I said that one time. We'll keep going with that. Anyways, um, so a lot of people, though, will say about Jesus, like, hey, if we would just listen to him, we would be a much better place. C.S. Lewis, I told you I've been reading a lot of C.S. Lewis lately. And again, in Mere Christianity, he hit on this point. And he made the topic, is, or he made the point, is not the popular idea of Christian, Christianity simply this, that Jesus Christ was a great moral teacher and that if only we took his advice, we might be able to establish a better social order and avoid more war, more pain, more so on. I mean, that's kind of the, the popular view of Christianity. And then he goes in. It is quite true that if we took Christ's advice, we should soon be living in a happier world. But you need not even go as far as Christ. If we did all that Plato or Aristotle or Confucius told us, we should get on a great deal better than we do. We never have followed the advice of the great teachers. Why are we likely to begin now? Why are we more likely to follow Christ than any of the others? Because he is the best moral teacher, but that makes it even less likely that we shall follow him. If we cannot take the elementary lessons, it is, like, is it likely we are going to take the most advanced ones? If Christianity only means one more bit of good advice, then Christianity is of no importance. And so even when C.S. Lewis is writing that, he's dealing with this question of who do people say Jesus is? And the cultural answer is he's a good moral teacher. And Jesus even asked his disciples this. He opened that up in verse 13 where he said, who do the people say the son of man is? And so the disciples respond to him. Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And so even during Jesus' time, there's a lot of different views. Like, oh, he's Elijah, come back down. He's, he's one of the prophets who came back. He's, he's John the Baptist, who was actually doing ministry at the same time that Jesus was walking on this earth. But the world's never been short on opinions and ideas of who Jesus is. The world will be happy to give you ideas. The thing is, notice that even what the people were saying at that time, they were wrong. Some say he's John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He's none of those. But here's the thing that we have to realize as well. As much as the world is going to try and tell us who Jesus is, the world does not get to define Jesus. The world does not get to say, it's a common thing that I hear a lot at least, um, well, if, if Jesus existed, I just don't think he would be like. Or if there is a God, I just don't feel like he would do this or try and restrict people to do that. And it's like they're trying to define God themselves. And it's like you don't get to define God. The world does not get to tell us who God is. God tells us who he is. God tells us who Jesus is. And so we're not going to get it from the world. The way that we find out who Jesus is is by being in his word, by drawing near to him, by spending time with him. The same way you find out more about a person is by being with that person. That's how you find out more about Jesus, by being with him 
by studying his word, by meditating on it, by drawing near in prayer. And, and yes, having those moments where you just open your heart up and you're just like, God, speak to me. Reveal yourself to me this day. And then you go through looking for who Jesus is. But the world does not define Jesus. And, and the reality of it, too, is you don't define Jesus. Jesus isn't up there in some kind of identity crisis waiting around like, oh, my goodness, I have no idea who I am. I wish they would tell me who I am. And then I will know. So whenever people are like, I just don't think Jesus, it's not like he's like, oh, that's news to me. I guess I should start behaving like they think I should behave. Because, again, he's Jesus and we're not. So the world doesn't define Jesus. We don't define Jesus. But at the same time, we have to define the relationship. There comes a point in every person's life where Jesus looks at you and says, who do you say that I am? Because he turned to Peter and he said that. He, he asked the disciples, who do people say I am? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say the, uh, Elijah, others say Jeremiah or some of the prophets. And then it goes on in verse 14 or 15. And he said to them, who do you say that I am? Every single one of us is asked that question. Every single one of us has to look at Jesus and answer that question. And it's not based on who the world says Jesus is. It's not based on who your parents might have said Jesus is. You, you don't get into heaven writing the coattails of your parents' faith. You don't get into heaven writing the coattails of my faith. Well, Andy said that Jesus is like this, so that must be who Jesus is. It's not because I said it, that you get into heaven. You have to answer the question, who is Jesus to you? And if you're a member of this church, you've made that profession where you have said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and my personal savior. You see that it's taken right out of verse 16 now, that Jesus turns to them and says, who do you say I am? So let me ask you, who do you say Jesus is? When you look back at that time in your life where you, you met Jesus face to face and you had to define the relationship with him, not where you're saying this is who Jesus is and his whole identity is based on it, but instead this is who Jesus is and my identity is based on it. This is how I'm going to live my life because of who Jesus is. Not some moral teacher. There's plenty of moral teachers out there. Jesus had the best stuff to say. But there's plenty of other moral teachers that, I mean, I'm trying to raise Isaiah. And right now, he's perfect. But at some point, he's probably going to do something. And I'm going to tell him, if you want to get along in this life better, you should do this. I got some pretty good moral values going on, people. But they don't compare to Jesus. But if it is only a morality that Christianity has to offer, C.S. Lewis says it's pointless. That who is Jesus to you? You have to answer that question. But it's not even just answering that question. Because it's not just saying, well, you know, Jesus is the Christ. It's also, how are you going to live your life out of that? As Dennis said, He's also king. Are you living your life 
as if he is king of your life. Because Jesus tells us through Paul, whenever Paul is writing the book of Romans, this is how you are saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, he says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so Paul's not just saying all you have to do is give, give God lip service. Just, you know, I'm guilty of this. I, I, I tell people what I think they want to hear sometimes. And we can fall into that trap with God of sometimes it's like, well, I'm just going to tell God what I think God wants to hear, and maybe that'll get me into heaven. But Paul tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, but he goes on to say, and if you believe in your heart. Now, this isn't just a belief of like there was a historical Jesus at some time, but it is a belief that transforms your life. That you change how you are living based on that. Jesus is Lord, so I'm going to live my life out of that. There's going to be action based on my belief. I believe it so seriously and so intently that my life will reflect that belief. My life will reflect what I just confessed. Because again, Jesus knows all about lip service. If you want an example of people who give lip service and think, hey, it's good because I said something right, look no further than the Pharisees who gave Jesus a ton of lip service. But yet Jesus had some severe things to say to them. And he says this in Matthew chapter 15, just one chapter before our passage. He says, this people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They're confessing but there's no belief. There's no transformation in their lives. And so Paul says that we confess that Jesus is Lord, and then we live out of that through the belief of our life. And so there comes that time where every single person, and it is up to you individually to make that decision, to define the relationship with Jesus. Who do you say that Jesus is? And you respond with it. But it's not just a lip service. It's a transformation of your heart. And so maybe you're here this morning and it's like, okay, well, I don't know who Jesus is. Peter tells us. Jesus turns to him, to the disciples in verse 15. Who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He responds correctly. Jesus is the Christ. But again, in society today, it has become kind of culturally acceptable that Jesus Christ is either one, sadly, a swear word, or it's his name. Andy Peterman, meet Jesus Christ. First name, last name. But that's not what Christ means. Christ is his title. If you want Jesus' legal name, it would have been Jesus bar Joseph. Jesus, son of Joseph. But his title, his title is Jesus Christ, meaning that he is the anointed one. So whenever Peter is saying you are the Christ, the son of the living God, what Peter is saying is that you are the one that we have been waiting for. 
You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are the one that the prophets talked about, that Elijah represented, that John the Baptist is preparing the way for. You are the promised one from God who will come and deliver us out of our bondage. He is the one who came to set you free to give sight to the blind, to make the lame walk, to have, help the deaf hear, to bring the dead to life. He is the one. He is the Savior of the world. He is, when you read Jesus Christ, that word Christ is the Greek word for Messiah that the Old Testament talks about. The anointed one by God, the one who will come and set us free. So whenever you are saying that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, you are saying that Jesus is the only one who can save. That Jesus is the one that God spoke about long before and that he has come to fulfill all the promises of the Old Testament. That he is the one that they waited for and we live out of. That he is the one who gave his life to set me free. That he is the one that is the only way that I can have relationship with God. That there's no other name by which you can be saved. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that. There is no other name by which you can be saved except for the name of Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the only way to heaven. That is who Jesus is. Now, that is the fact that is the truth. That is who Jesus is. You have to decide, is that who you're going to make Jesus in your life? Because he gives you that choice to respond. Who are you going to say that Jesus is? Are you just going to say, yes, I believe Jesus existed and he taught some good things. And so I might apply them to my life if I feel like they're going to help me out. But everything else like that, turning the other cheek, I'd rather retaliate. So I'm going to throw that by the wayside and I'm just going to live how I want and listen to what I want and throw away what I want? Or are you going to make him the Christ, the Lord of your life? Because that's the second part that Peter says. Peter says, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. To say that he is the son of the living God is not like saying I am the son of Art Peterman, but it is instead saying he is God himself. That Jesus is God, Emmanuel, God with us. That he is God, and therefore, when you say Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, you are placing him on the same status as God, and you are saying he is Lord, he is ruler, he is creator, he is king, he is in charge of my life. And so I'm going to live out of that. Again, when we define the relationship, we're not defining who Jesus is. We're not changing his identity. We're changing our identity. We are saying, Jesus is Lord, so I'm going to live out of that. I'm going to submit to him. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit come into my life, and he will do the transforming work inside of me. I'm going to surrender everything over to him. Jesus is the one in whom we are saved. He is the one who came to take away our sins and set us in right relationship with God. You see, Jesus came as a man, but he came as so much more than that. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. It says that he was in the form of God, but yet he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself. He took on the very form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And then it goes on to say that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And then Peter tells us in Acts 4 that there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved or even can be saved. It is only through Jesus. Because Paul tells us in Romans 10, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Peter tells us that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he goes on to say in John chapter 6, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and we have come to know you are the Holy One of God. That's who Jesus is. So again, the question that we're left with is who do you say Jesus is? That he's looking at you. And I, maybe you gave your life to him 30 years ago. He's still looking at you and saying, today, are you confessing me as Lord of your life? Today, are you living as if I'm Lord of your life? Are you not only confessing, but are you giving him your heart? Are you believing with all that you are that he is Lord and therefore your life lives out of that belief? Are you saying that Jesus is Lord? Because he's asking that question. Whether you've been saved for the longest time in this building, or you are the newest convert, or you have not even given your life over to Jesus yet. He is asking every single one of us, who do you say I am? And it's not only about what you say, but how are you living your life based on that? Are you living as if Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and living out of that, for him in everything you do. And yes, you're going to fail miserably a lot. But God gives us grace and picks us back up so that we can continue living on for Jesus. So as we get ready to close and as they're going to come up and lead us in this song, I want you to just wrestle with that question. Who do you say Jesus is? But then also look inside your heart and say, okay, my mouth might say one thing. What's my life showing? What is it that I need to surrender over to Jesus? Because he's Lord and I want to give him everything. I want to die to myself daily so, I think, so that I can pick up my cross and follow after him. And every single day, live as if he is Lord of my life. As we sing this, wrestle with that question. Father God, we thank you that salvation is not based on what we do, but solely based on what Jesus has done and how we respond to that. But God, you are giving us this question now as we, as we look back to what Jesus did and who Jesus is. And God, now as we just get ready to really do some deep introspection, 
of who you are in our life. God, show us that maybe we're verbally saying it, but we're not living out of it. If that be the case, God, help us surrender that over to you. And God, if we say you are Lord and if we are living out of that, praise God for that and help us to continue to daily die to ourselves. Whatever you're doing, God, we trust that you're at work. So help us surrender it over to you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray this. Amen.